Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Mark Safe, tales of your very favorite and most beloved man-made disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Mark Safe. So sorry, I rushed you into jumping into this, but I cannot fucking stand it anymore. Okay, you got so excited. You got so many ants in your pants about the animal bracket that we had to restart this. Like four times? Like four times, because you couldn't get your claps together. I couldn't get my claps together. I have been very stressed out about this animal bracket. About the animal bracket. Okay, well, I want to tell you something called... Excuse me. Something called, it's going to be a surprise to me too, because you sent me the bracket, theoretically, so I could know what it was going to be, but I'm not doing it. I haven't looked at it at all, because people aren't here for lukewarm animal takes. People are here for hot animal You didn't takes. look at who the matchups nope. were? Nope. Nope. Oh, bananas. Uh, yep. And- it's going to be a surprise to you and me and everybody. Okay. Well, yeah, because I've been stressed. Some of these I've guessed. I have, but I'm sure. Well, listen, if you're, I feel like you guess wrong on these a lot, though. Well, stop. <laughs> okay. Because I have it all except for two of them. So you think you've predicted the outcome of this? I think so. Today, if, if, okay. if today goes the way I think it is, I know who the winner is going to be. Shit. Okay. Well, I'm I'm interested to hear if you're right. So let's get. Well, started. I'm not going to tell you because I hate We're... being wrong. But before we begin, no, this... you have to. There's no honor in it if you listen, don't. Listen, you have listen. to. Um, by okay. the way, guys, if you are not in horrible ghouls, <laughs> you better get in there. Um, you know, because otherwise, white chicken has an advantage on everybody. In case you don't know, white chicken and white chicken's family full-on what is the word that you used <laughs> campaign uh campaign has yeah. been campaigning to win the animal bracket and if you've seen the animal bracket the picture that we've used for chicken is really white chicken like i read yes oh. which i if you if anybody has missed i'm sure a lot of people have missed we have a listener who has a white chicken who has become very invested in the animal bracket and the chicken's standing in it and um a picture was posted of white chicken with a campaign sign well before that there was a picture of (laughs) white chicken sitting on her daughter's lap like a rag doll which confirms Mm -hmm. that birds are not real um oh can we do a conspiracy bracket someday oh that would be the their birds aren't real would win for sure they're government drones and Mm -hmm. that's that they change the batteries Mm -hmm. so i don't think white chicken though i think i i believe in white chicken oh i don't know i don't know but then you but then you were like well i don't white chicken might win i don't see anyone else campaigning (laughs) but i know we have blobfish supporters so Okay, I... so Melanie Melanie wrote a blobfish campaign on her belly. <laughs> <laughs> if you're
you're not in the group you should be. Because <laughs> you're missing a lot. I know for a fact I have seen on Instagram and on Facebook people rooting for Blobfish. Have you? I have. I have. Is it just? Is it you? It's not just me. Are you people? Your your husband tag. He's rooting for the rhinosaurus or rhinoceros. The rhino okay. hornbill. Well, he can keep rooting. Rooting one hand, spitting the other. See which fills up faster. That thing needs to get knocked out so we don't have to pronounce it anymore. Oh, don't worry. Well, okay, you ready? I guess I don't know who it's matched up with. All right, let's do so this. So this, is, do this is the Elite Eight. We're going to go down to the final four after this. So okay. your first matchup is the Harpy Eagle mm-hmm. against the Pangolin. Um, pangolin. <laughs> pangolin wins. I love pangolins. I, in my heart, pangolins and armadillos are still a tie. Um, I love pangolins. I do not care for predatory bird. Predatory? Predatory? Fuck. You know, I, maybe there should be like a, how much stuff can you pronounce test before you're allowed to start a podcast? <laughs> it should be like a licensing thing. <laughs> well, you weren't amused but, with the harpy eagle in the first place, but it was against no, the I pig. Truly so you were like. Yeah, no. The, the pig, I, I don't know that there's anything that, that the pig could beat. Anything. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there is. So no, I, it is my pleasure to knock out the harpy eagle. Oh. Did you see that coming? I did. Okay. Because you hate armadillos too, so. Uh, Stop it. Penguin's got to, you know, move on a little bit further than just a harpy. Mm-hmm. Where's where's my merch shirt that says I'm not a white supremacist and I love armadillos? <laughs> I need that and I feel like you're the merch person. You gotta get some more listeners. You guys gotta tell your buddies and then that way we can actually start working on the merch. Please help me clear my name. Mm. You're campaigning for yourself now. Yes, I have to. <laughs> Somebody has to. All right, so your next one. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The blanket octopus against mm-hmm. blobfish. Blanket octopus. Fuck you, blobfish. God damn it. You knew I was going to say that. I love that octopus, which is shocking because I generally don't like octopi. I love that octopus. I hate that fish. This was easy. Mm-hmm. Give me a hard one. All right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what have I done? Chicken. Versus koala bear. (gasps) (laughs) Oh, that's dirty. Did it line up that way or did you do that? No, and it lined up like that. And if you were paying attention to the campaigning that White Chicken was making, they were slandering the koala bear saying it had chlamydia. Remember? Listen, I do. Yes. There's a lot happening right now, but I do. Oh, man. Can we, like, skip that one and come back to it? All right. Do you, do you want to skip it? You want to save the best for last? Yeah, let's come back to that. I need a moment. Okay. Here's Tag's favorite, the rhino hornbill okay. versus mm-hmm. the honey badger. The honey badger. Yeah, I got that. See? Oh, yeah. I got it. I'm interested to see what you have pegged for the, the hard one. It was. Man, it was, I should not have said give me a hard one. It was the chicken and the koala bear. This is the one I've been stressed to the no, max I'm, about. I'm interested to hear what what your guess is. You have to tell me at the end. Oh, I will tell you. Okay. 
Oh man. Okay. What's next? That's it. That's it? Oh shit. Oh no. Okay, so hold on. No, I have to decide this now. <laughs> okay, talk through this with me. What would you pick? Well, do you want to lose a listener? <laughs> oh, well, I guess I know what you would pick. But hold on, you know you weren't real impressed with either one. You said you've held a Dave. You were not that I've impressed. also held a chicken. Not white chicken, but I've held many a chicken. <laughs> Listen, if you've been holding white chicken without me, we've got a problem. Oh my gosh, someone, uh, oh, Michelle sent a picture of like this chicken and these cocktails. And I'm like, I can only consume one of those right now. And it's not even fair. (laughs) Okay, so let's break this down. Who has cuter babies? Koalas. No. I mean, chicks are cute. Really? What? Do koala, okay, are you being a jerk or do koalas objectively have ugly babies? Okay, listen. I love mini stuff. I love tiny things that are, you know, exact representation of the big things. And so koala babies just look like mini koalas. Melanie, you're full of shit. They're adorable. I didn't say they weren't adorable. I said they're boring because they look just like the adult version. It's like, I mean, yeah. It's bite size. Koalas are like, Fun-sized koala bears. <laughs> At least with a chicken. It does look different. It looks different. That's like a puppy. Fair. A puppy looks different That's fair. than a dog. A kitty looks different than a cat. You know? Do you call baby cats kitties? Well, yeah. What? Do you know what Ava no. does lately? It cracks me up. Anytime oh. I tell her to do something, she goes, Mom, are you kidding me? <laughs> I love your kids. I'm obsessed with your kids. Not in a creepy. You don't way. call them kitties. No, kitties. Kitties age neutral. No, that's not true. Mm-mm. Okay, we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that. I hate that saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Shit. Okay. Here's the thing. My Ooh, my gut is telling me apologies coming on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. My gut is saying koala, but hold on. Because like I feel like a koala is a lot less likely to bite me than a chicken. A chicken definitely would peck me. It does not want me to pick it up. Um, but on the other hand, chickens are one of the few animals that would do well in a bracket regardless of whether the bracket was which is the cutest, which do I like the most, which is the best, and a which is the most delicious bracket. It's a double threat. <laughs> Cover your I mean, ears, white chicken. I mean, if we if we really have to get into this, but and also the word chicken, I love it. It's just the cutest the word chicken is hilarious to me. It's definitely cuter than koala. Word wise, Dave. Dave. On the other hand, we have white chicken campaigning, and I feel like a dick. On the other other hand, because I myself am a blanket octopus, my my beloved daughter loves koalas, and I love her. Oh my god! Okay, so here's what this is going to have to come down to. You're going to flip a coin. Here, here it is. No, I'm not going to flip a coin. I'm going to say, if I was at some kind of exotic petting zoo that just just like a zoo where you could pet anything and it has it's it's not like the you know usual 
goats and sheep's petting zoo. It's just like a wild petting zoo and I can pet whatever I want. And there's a koala and a chicken. What am I going to pet first? I have to be honest and say it's going to be a koala. Are you sure, though? Why wouldn't it be? Because... You're messing me up, Melanie. Have you Googled fancy chickens before? Oh my god, we're getting into novelty chicken? Just type in fancy chicken. That's dirty. And hit images. Okay, I know... Just because I'm a dick. I'm sorry. You really are. You really are. Oh my god. Oh my god. I've seen these at the state fair, actually. Oh boy. Does this chicken have dishwashing gloves on? It sure does. No, those are T-Rex arms. Oh, the pink on the top? Yes. Someone has a tutu. You know what? This is bullshit. I didn't do shit to you, Melanie. <laughs> this look at this white, like poofy one. It Do you know the one I'm talking about? Oh yeah. It's like it's four soft. down or so and it's on a yellow background. Mm-hmm. It looks illegal. It, it what does that mean? It looks like you shouldn't know be able to own something like that, but I bet you can. Is it legal? I don't know. I mean, yeah, no, I bet you can. But I mean I don't really have any kind of inner radar from that because i'm in indiana where all animals are legal um our exotic animal laws here are basically love is love okay i'm sorry white chicken i'm gonna have to pick the koala damn and you know what i think this is gonna have to be in in future challenging brackets maybe even the cryptid bracket i think this is gonna have to be the thing the petting zoo test they're both in front of me and I, it, it's it's like it's five dollars to pet an animal like it is at some petting zoos and you're for real uh, but only got five dollars into a petting zoo right now yeah why the fuck not <laughs> okay some of them are scary i don't care i'm scary <laughs> all right man so, okay, shit. Okay, I feel I feel weirdly traitorous about this, but I'm going to have to go with the koala. Because if I only had $5, I would pay for the koala, probably. Well, all right. Well, there you have it. Um, Next. Okay, what did you think? Tell me. I thought you were going to go with white chicken. Oh, now I feel worse. Did okay. you know white chicken uh, sending us band mail? Shit, hold on. Tell me more. Nope. It's not for you anymore. It's for me. I wow. still love you, white chicken. Okay, can we, can I remind you that you were incredulous that I picked the white chicken in the first place in the last round? Oh, I forgot we can go back and listen to these podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, they're forever. Podcasts are forever. Mm, that's a mess. All right, all right, all right. Well, you, you don't get to go down in history some kind of friend of chickens, Melanie. You know what? I won't. <laughs> Why? I won't stand for it. I am from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I feel like if anybody is side by side with chickens, it's me. Okay. The but state. First of all, what the fuck does that even mean? But second of all, I am feeling right Kentucky now. Kentucky Fried like Chicken. You... Right. No. That's that's not a friend. I've met Claudia Sanders, Colonel Sanders' wife. Okay. I'm feeling right now like you 
or that moment in Titanic when Calden Hockley has that kid and he's like, I have a child and he's trying to get onto a lifeboat. That's you trying to make nice chickens right totally now. Totally busted right now, huh? Mm-hmm. I see right through you. But instead of, it was just me holding a chicken up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I have a chicken friend. And I'm like, really? Let's hit rewind. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> oh, I can't wait for next week. Mm-hmm. This is getting heated. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll tell the audio guy to uh, go back and and roll some footage in this episode of your takes on chickens. Um, no, you don't have to. <laughs> Listen, hey, tag. I know you only half listen to me sometimes, but remember, she wouldn't let you have a tortoise. And oh, so don't fall for. Wow, just don't fall for. I know she's your wife. Don't fall for her shit. Do you know that we, a year ago, moved from a larger city to a smaller, cheaper, lower cost of living city? And my husband, his idea when we moved here was that his his main selling point for this city was that you could work the same job and your dollar would go so much farther that you could be like the king of the city and you could have a gold-plated tortoise living here. Now that's doing too much. I agree. I agree. And I want you to be, I want to be clear that that's what he wants to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. You need to think about where your loyalties lie. Right now? I'm flying <laughs> so low. Like white chicken. <laughs> what the hell? I just realized just... chickens don't really fly, though. <laughs> no, no. And wow, here you are already dissing white chicken. Man, the truth comes out. We're learning a lot about each other. Yeah. And the audio guy and his tortoise dreams. <laughs> should we get to this? <laughs> Which are bad. Should we get to this disaster before we break sure. up? Sure. <laughs> I'll never break up with yes, you. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> No, we're we're safe from that. But I do really want to hear your disaster, which you say is a classic disaster, which gets crazy. You say that every week and it does get crazy every week. And um, it's not two bananas. There are a couple weird things at the end. Is it horrible? Am I going to sprain my finger putting in content warnings? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I feel like we haven't had a classic disaster in a minute, so let's get to it. I have no idea what your subject is at all. I sent you clips. What? You're a mess. Okay, here, the problem is, here's the problem. The problem is the audio guy gets I, it correct. I hope everybody he, knows that Brianne just does not listen to me. Like, she leaves me, whether I, the kids call hmm. it, you leave me on red. I do not. I do. I do. I'm sorry. I shouldn't do no, that. No, it's all right. Well, the audio guy gets in that thread. He does. He, he, answering he, he answers it. You and then I'm like, I'm not going back to read all of the audio guy's weird fox emojis. And if it was something very important, he would have told me. Time has told me again and again, that is not true. Like, you will have some major shit in the group chat. And the audio guy is just sitting next to me, calmly responding to it, never telling me, hey, <laughs> You should probably check this until I check a week later and you're like, hey, the biggest thing in the world's happened. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's all right. Okay. It's all right. I know you love me. 
I do. I really do. All right. Once I start talking about this, you'll know what it is. So today's disaster actually comes from a listener request. Mm, we get some good listeners. Oh, I know. So good. Um, this one actually came right after the Air Florida Flight 90 crash. I had mentioned um, in the episode I was looking for a bridge collapse initially. Do you remember that at all? I do remember that. So uh, Kelly, she wrote in saying that I haven't looked into this particular bridge collapse that I'm going to need to get on it. So Kelly, I am on it. Um, I told her, though, that with just like a quick Google search, like it seemed oddly familiar, which was weird. It made me feel weird. So I've been sitting on it for a couple of weeks. Um, it didn't actually take me that long to figure out why it was so familiar. So is it the Mothman thing? No, 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 no. Okay. All right. Someday. So in 1986, my family sold pretty much everything that wouldn't fit into a u-haul truck right and we moved from arizona to florida my parents had just went through like a pretty bad bankruptcy and my dad who had adopted me the year before had found work in florida so we didn't even have i think our car got repoed i was young so i'm not some of these facts are like a little bit blurry and I can't really call them up and be like, Hey mom and dad. So I get to make some things up. Um, so we, we did not have a car. I do know for sure. We didn't have a car. I don't just, just don't know what happened to it. So me and my parents and my new little brother, we like all four of us like piled up in this U-Haul and off we went to St. Petersburg, Florida. So, we lived there maybe like five-ish or so years. The time that we were in Florida sucked super bad. And there was definitely like some traumatic things that happened. So I don't really think about Florida very often. Just because if there's a good memory, there's usually like five shitty memories. And I'm like, no, thank you. I, yeah. I literally think the only good thing that I pulled from the state of Florida was I had this school picture. Remember I was told you I was looking for some pictures? Yeah. There is a picture of me with a feathered mullet, like a school oh picture with like a laser light backdrop. Oh my God. It is epic. Don't tell me you sent me that because no, you have not. No, I haven't. I don't have okay. on hand, but I will send it to you before the night's over. Okay. But yeah, I, that's like my only favorite thing about Florida. <laughs> Was myself. Your your feathered mullet. Dude, I love that. I fucking love that. I'm going to go back and revisit some of my traumatic time-place combos. And I'm just going to rewrite the narrative that my favorite thing about it was just simply myself. It's the best. I'm about that. It is the best way to do it. And I feel like I've been able to heal from a lot of stuff where I find something silly and funny. And that's what it is. That's amazing. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely send you my picture. You'll get a kick out of it. So the, my grandparents, my dad that adopted me, his parents, they had lit, they're from upstate New York, but they had lived in Florida for quite a bit before like we even got there. So a year after a move in April, 1987, um, 
there was a bridge opening. And it was a very, very big deal. Okay? Okay. It's huge. I don't, I, I really don't know how to explain it. It's just one of those things that it's like, things are massive when you're a kid, but looking at this episode and pictures, I'm like, I don't know if I could even drive over it without like swallowing a bunch of vomit today, like as a grown up. <laughs> oh God. So with the opening of this like new crazy bridge, I specifically remember my parents and my grandparents talking about a bridge collapse with like absolutely no regard for all the little ears that were around them, which is of course very par for the course for my family. Like there's no filter. Nobody gives a shit about that stuff. And that's how you get a disaster. Yes. (laughs) Um, So this bridge collapse has been like living rent free in my brain for years. And it's (laughs) the one I always think about because when I said I was looking for a bridge collapse, I was, I said it because that's the disaster that freaks me out the most. I still really, I have major, major issues um, driving over bridges. Like it just, yeah i don't like it either skeeves me out so i didn't realize until kelly wrote in like 34 years after that conversation like in a disaster the same podcast later it's the same fucking bridge this is the bridge collapse that like i always told cody about because cody was cody when we got together Cause we, there was like the Coronado bridge in San Diego and, but we talk about this and he would just be like, why are you so weird out bridges? And I'm like, there was a bridge once and it collapsed and I went into this story and he was just like, I think he thought I was just making it up. (laughs) Why would you make up a bridge collapse? Uh, I don't know. I kind of have a flair for the dramatic, I guess. Okay. So, but it's not, I didn't make it up. I didn't dream it up. Like, no, I believe you. So this is the bridge collapse. This is the one that fucked me up as a kid. Oh my God. I'm in it. And I'm like, is this your, is this like part of your disaster origin story? Yes. This is the disaster origin story for Melanie Cruz. Oh, this is the beginning. And I would have never revisited it if it wasn't for Kelly. So it's so cool. Okay. Is it cool or are you traumatized? I feel a lot better after researching it. So here we go. I'm so ready. 34-year-old Sandra Louise Davis fell in love hard. So when the police officer knocked on her door inquiring about some forged checks, She knew she had a Warner boyfriend, Woodrow Triplett, that there was a warrant out for his arrest. What a name. Mm -hmm. Just wait. (laughs) Using checks belonging to a retired school teacher, Woodrow had forged several of them so they could purchase some food and some booze. Sandra knew that if the police had figured out that it was Woodrow who had forged the checks, it would not be long until they also learned that she was the one that was cashing them. 
Sandra loaded up her four kids and took them to her mother's house. She trusted her mother immensely and she knew her kids would be safe with their grandmother. She didn't tell them she was skipping town. Mm. After dropping off her children, Sandra raced to the local feed mill where Woodrow cleaned out trucks for a living. He told his boss they had to leave because there was an emergency. The pair got into the car and sped off, driving over an hour over the Florida-Georgia line before finally making it to a Greyhound bus station in Tallahassee, Florida. The couple planned to start over in Sarasota, where they would shed their old identities and become Alvin and Barbara Stone. These were the names they used to purchase their tickets for a Greyhound bus that was traveling from Chicago to Miami, making many, many stops in between. What do you think about those names? I think they sound like 70s disguise names. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. (sighs) I wonder what mine would be. I don't think I could come up with something on the fly like that. Really? I would see you as someone who would have that ready to go. No way. Weren't we just trying to figure out our goth names the other day? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like you would be someone who would have a code name that you've had ready for Mm -hmm. years and a false identity you're ready to assume. Oh, I I like my name. You have a name? I'm not telling you. Oh, damn. Well, you might. Should I I tell my bug out name on a public podcast? Oh, if you're fleeing because of what you did to white chicken, probably not. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Damn, we're going to lose a listener this week. (sighs) She's been solid, too. I know, I know. I fucked up. (laughs) So, I've actually met one of my close friends on a Greyhound bus. Have you been on a Greyhound at all? I have not. No, not I have been on a Greyhound bus a bajillion times. That seems on brand for I love it. My good friend that I met, I actually met him on a trip from California to Kentucky, which is really fucking long, really long. It was days. So plenty of time to get to know someone, right? But you 110% seem like someone who would make lasting friends on Greyhound bus trips. Oh, yeah. Kyle's the- That's the most Melanie thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Kyle's the coolest. We're still super duper close. Um, he's a crazy successful artist uh, in LA. I've actually got to be a part of um, one of his shows before. Really great guy. So, but the thing about Greyhound bus trips, there are like, because there's so many stops, you see so many different people, but it is like, trust me, it's part of the adventure. Like it's good. Right. Yeah. So you see so many different walks of life. Um, it's definitely like a one sauce. It's got a little bit of everything. And this was definitely true for Greyhound bus number 4508. Besides Woodrow and Sandra, AKA Alvin and Barbara, there were quite a few other passengers aboard. Gerda Hedquist was the oldest. Gerda was 92 years old and had recently been cleared to make one last trip to her birthplace in Sweden. Cleared by who? She can go where the fuck she wants. She's old. She's 92. She's cleared by her doctor. Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) No one's clearing me for shit if I'm 92. (laughs) 
I've lived 92. You're not telling me what to do starting now. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, I love that 92-year-old decision making. No, I've I've got my decision making license at that point. Yeah, you've asked permission enough. Fuck mm-hmm. you. Yeah, no, am... no, no one's clearing me for shit if I'm 92. I'm going with my bug out bag and my name. Uh-huh. I'm not telling anyone. Uh-huh. And I say I'm going to Sweden, but I'm probably not going to Sweden. Where would you go? No, I'm going where. Where would I go? I'm 92. You're 92. I've got a fake name. I have not cleared my travel with anyone because I'm an incredibly grown-ass woman. Uh, A beach. Okay. I dig it. Just a beach. I dig it. I like it. I'd probably go somewhere warm, too. Yeah. I mean, I already have rheumatoid arthritis. I don't... I probably need somewhere warm for my final day. Tropical. I think I'll... Yeah. Lay on the beach. Get old lady drunk. (laughs) When when the time comes, the waves can just take me. I love it. It sounds like quite romantic mm-hmm. as far That's as I just made my plan. As far as leaving this earth is concerned. <laughs> <laughs> so the youngest on forty five oh eight was seven month old Manisha Magara, who was traveling with her mother Wanda. It was Mother's Day weekend and there was big plans to visit Wanda's own mother and then throw her a surprise birthday party that following Wednesday. Wanda's husband, Charles, had taken them to the bus station with plans to meet up with them a couple days later. He kissed them both and said, quote, now you guys be careful. Take care. There was also a handful of students from Tuskegee Institute coming home from their yeah. exam. Okay. Why is Tuskegee coming up in every single episode we do? It's like when you buy a car and you never really paid attention to what did you call that your, your flavor of your car species of your car? car car species car species so it's like when you buy a new <laughs> species of car and then you're driving it home and then all of a sudden you start seeing that species of car mm-hmm. everywhere i just bought a new species of car and i couldn't pick it out of a lineup if i saw someone else driving it cuz i don't know shit about car species but so i I don't know anything about species of cars. I could not pick my own car out of a lineup if I saw it. But I, I feel like this is like our fourth episode since you did. Tuskegee, yeah. That, yeah, where it has at least briefly come up. And I think there was one episode of mine where it was going to come up, but the, the part about it ended up not being that relevant. So I cut it. So there's like one more than you're even thinking. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's weird. I like it. Actually, I would like it better if some good stuff came out of it, other than the bad <laughs> stuff that I continue to talk about. But we'll get there. Yeah. Um, sweet 82-year-old Marguerite Matheson was complaining to one of her apartment tenants about the shitty week she was having and decided it wasn't anything a little fun in the sun couldn't fix. She boarded Greyhound Bus 4508 and was Miami bound so she could board a cruise ship. To the Bahamas. Hell yes. 38-year-old Melbourne Russell was on 4508 for the love of a different kind of son. That spring, Mel and his wife Julie separated after six years of marriage. He quit his job as a forklift driver and found himself living at a Chicago hostel called the Wilson's Men's Club. Oh my. Then, in one of the more strange reconciliation stories I have ever heard... His wife, Julie, who is now living with her sister in Sarasota, called to tell Mel that their young son was bitten by a rat. 
Okay. And worse, it might be rabid. Oh, my God. She... Was it really, or do you think she just wanted him to come over? Uh, she needed Mel to come <laughs> to them right away. Okay. Um, all the way from... Plot twister ruse. To Sarasota. Wow. Yeah. Are hostels still a thing, like, in America? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think more in, like, bigger cities. It sounds like a Pacific Northwest kind of thing. I don't think they're as safe in America as they are I'm sure they're in not. other countries. I don't know. I've been to a bunch of hostels, but I don't can't say I would ever stay one at one here in the States. My God, every time I think I've lived a wildlife or life at all, I talk to you. I had a, I had I, a couple crazy I, years. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, I mean, I hate talking ill about anybody or what they do or what their intentions are, but if I'm in Florida and my ex is in Chicago, I even asked Cody this. He was like, take the kid to the ER. Like, Wait, she hadn't taken the kid to the ER? She was waiting for him to get there? Well, she feared that the rat was rabid. Okay. I figured this was just like they're at the hospital and she's like, oh no, this could be bad. Maybe you should come. Not that she was delaying care. Was she delaying care? Everything I've seen where she's been quoted doesn't sound good. Oh not that she was delaying okay. care. Uh, this is totally speculation. I'm not sure there was a rat. We have a podcast. It's our job to speculate. I don't think there was a rat. Oh my god. I don't think there was. Um, That's scandalous. It is a little scandalous because um, she had told news reporters that she had hoped that when Mel got to Sarasota it would lead to them becoming a whole family again. Okay, that's sketchy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> but but creative. I mean, hats off, I guess, a little bit. So, Mel, 125 bucks on his way from Chicago. That's wow. a long haul on that trip. Yeah. All in all, 26 people with very different stories were on that Greyhound bus. It traveled on the Sunshine Skyway Bridge just after 7 oh, in God. the morning on May 9th, 1980. I have anxiety. Oh, you just wait. Okay. The Sunshine Skyway Bridge stretched over four miles across the main shipping channel of Tampa Bay. Too many miles. We don't need that many mm -mm. miles. With a five degree incline, feeling much like going up a roller coaster. Rising no, 150 no. feet above the water no, before it dropped down again. That's a comparison I didn't want. Stop it. Yes. No. Have you ever been on those bridges Don't. where you can't see the other side? You just keep going up, 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 up. I'm not actually sure that I have. Well, they're very scary. I do not recommend. I'm sure. I'm very scared just hearing about and, it. Yeah, you just it just feels like it's going off to heaven. No, no. Yeah. That's the mm -hmm. way this bridge was. Like, 
This makes me think about that country song, Prop Me Up Beside the Jukebox, where he says, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to go tonight. Yep, that's uh, <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> so, you got this huge bridge. It's scary. A lot of people were scared to drive on this bridge as it was. Well, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. So, it's in the morning, super early, and all of a sudden, a microburst. You know what? A microburst of what? It's like a sudden squall, a crazy storm that comes out of nowhere. Oh, we don't talk about squalls enough. <laughs> That's I just okay. I I want to hear more about squalls. Okay. Like if this if this were if this were me browsing Wikipedia at four a.m. and I saw the link that was blue that said squall, I'd be like, "Oh, I'm clicking." Oh, that. same. I love weather, especially freak weather stuff. Oh God, yes, I would click that faster than I click paradoxal undressing and hypothermia. Links. <laughs> and man, I I click those so fast, I hurt myself. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> I love it all. So this microburst happens. A thunderstorm with winds gusting at hurricane force hit the area just before 7.30 that morning. The sky opened up and rain dumped so hard that it reduced visibility to almost zero. Like you couldn't see shit. As vehicles... Stay off that bridge. You don't need to go anywhere that bad. Hey, it's four miles long. You're on that bridge already, buddy. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, as vehicles try to navigate... So, like, you... Hold on. Okay. So, you literally, like, you get on the bridge and the weather is fine and then it's not? Yep. Like, you don't even see this coming nope. at all? That's unacceptable. That's Florida, man. God bless So, as vehicles try to navigate the storm from above, so were the ships below. Oh, but. One of those ships was freighter MV Summit Venture, who was trying to make its way inbound. Because right now it's it's a huge port. There's lots of ships going in and out. You know, they got the cargo. They're they're doing their ship stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The pilot of the ship, John Laro, struggled with the deteriorating visibility, and he was less than a mile away from the Skyway Bridge. John did see another ship on his radar earlier, though. The pure oil tanker coming his direction outbound. So they're leaving. They're leaving the channel. Rain hammered down and John couldn't see anything, not even the bow of his ship. He called for the summit venture to be slowed at half ahead, but because the flood tide and the wind shoving them from behind, not much happened. Like this ship is not slowing down. Okay. Okay. John said, quote, I was scared. I was almost struck numb for a second. I thought, what do I do? Do I turn? Do I not turn? John said the radar screen of the ship was just a sheet of water. And then all of a sudden it turned yellow. Oh, because of this, all the targets like buoy markers, they're completely gone from the radar. One of those boobies, I said boobies, didn't I? You, you are not <laughs> taking that out. 
There is a 0% chance of that getting cut. I will quit this podcast before that gets cut. I totally did. Are you sure you don't want to clap out? Oh, I'm 100% sure. All right. I've never been more sure of anything. (laughs) You think you're going to say booty markers and get that cut? You got me messed up. Okay, I'll pull it together. Mm-hmm. Jesus. All right. <laughs> One of those buoys. I want, now I'm beginning to wonder how many times I have buoy in here. This is going to be a chore, I can tell. One of- <laughs> not for the audio guy because he's not cutting shit. <laughs> so, one of the buoys, 2A. Mark the gentle left turn into the channel that would have him safely pass under the Skyway Bridge. Because it's a thing. This They go under the bridge. It's that high up. Okay. He had to decide fast and his options were limited. He didn't have time to stop the ship at this point. Doing so, he figured, would cause him to lose control of the summit venture. And then there was that outbound pure oil tanker. He feared that if he had made a hard left turn to exit the channel, it could result in the two ships colliding and crashing into a highly explosive oil tanker. Not an option either, right? No. So what John didn't know was that the pure oil had also been hit with a squall on the other side of the bridge, and they immediately pulled out of the channel and anchored, just deciding to wait the storm out. But he didn't know that because he couldn't get hold of them. The radar's fucked. Whatever. So, Pure Oil had posed zero threat to Summit Venture. John's only option that he knew of left was to continue towards Skyway Bridge, passing beneath it as initially planned. He tells the captain to, or, because, and I know this is a little confusing, there's captains and pilots. They're virtually the same thing. Okay. okay. So, but he's the pilot. He's the one that's in control at this point, not the captain. So he tells the captain to order the anchors um, for instant release and for the lookout to keep careful watch for the buoy that marked the turning point to safely pass under the bridge. Buoy 2A. Okay. Only minutes later, 2A is suddenly and without notice already upon them. And John makes a late turn. He declines the oversteer to correct for the late turn because of the wind factor. So this whole time, the wind has been pushing um, from behind the summit venture on the right side of the ship. But now, with John and the wiser, the wind had actually shifted clockwise and was pushing from behind on the left side of his ship. The summit venture is now off course, and nobody realizes it. Nobody. Oh, God. John orders the ship to slow ahead as he looks through his binoculars for a landmark. He can see nothing. 30 seconds pass, and then something out of a movie happens. The storm parts just for the briefest moment. And in this moment, John sees the Skyway Bridges railway right off to the right. Oh, my God. He's way off course and headed directly towards the bridge is this a movie nope how is this not a movie we'll get there 
There's a reason it's not a movie? Mm. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Wow. Um, so, he's minutes from hitting this. Less than minutes from impact on the Skyway Bridge. Like, all efforts to reroute or stop are fruitless at this point. Like, there's literally... Oh Do you know how long was it? Like, how long between when he knew impact was coming and impact? Like, a minute and a half. That's a long time. I mean, not like a long time. Like, he should have been able to do something. No, that's slow fucking motion. That's... Oh, my God. Okay. So, and what's more, the Summit Venture was empty of cargo. So, because of this... The ship is actually sailing 35 feet higher than when it has a load. Because it's not like weighed down. It's not weighed down. 35 feet higher. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. I would not have expected the difference to be that much. That's insane. Right? I mean, I guess I know nothing about this, but that just seems nuts. It is nuts. So just as fast as the storm came... It suddenly stopped. John watched in disbelief as the summit venture plowed through the southbound portion of the Sunshine Skyway Bridge, ripping out almost a quarter mile of the bridge and sending cars and a Greyhound bus plummeting into the water. Oh my God. And we have. This has like very Ryan Murphy energy. Yeah, it is bananas. So now we're going to play the Mayday audio from John. Mayday, 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 Coast Guard. Mayday, 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 Coast Guard. Vessel calling Mayday, vessel in distress. This is United States Coast Guard, St. Petersburg, Florida. Request your position, nature of distress, and number of persons on board. Over. This is it. All the emergency, all the emergency equipment out to the Skyway Bridge. Vessel just hit the Skyway Bridge. The Skyway Bridge is down. Get all emergency equipment out to the Skyway Bridge. The Skyway Bridge is down. There's a mayday. Emergency situation. Stop the traffic on that Skyway Bridge. This is Coast Guard St. Petersburg. Roger, what size is the vessel that hit the bridge, over? The large vessel. Stop the traffic on the Skyway Bridge. There are some people in the water. Get the emergency equipment out to the Skyway Bridge now. This is Coast Guard St. Petersburg. Roger, what vessel are you on, over? Fun Adventure. Fun Adventure. Fun Adventure, Coast Guard St. Petersburg. Roger, what is the size of your vessel and can you assist, over? We cannot assist. We're 606 feet long, white draft. We cannot assist. We are in our department. Stop all the traffic on the bridge. Send some vessels out here to render assistance. People are upstairs. This is Coast Guard St. Petersburg, Roger. Uh, this is the target, Coast Guard St. Petersburg, 22. Negative, negative. Stay on 16. Pass all traffic on 16. Break, break. Pon, pon. Pon, 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 pon. Hello, all stations. This is United States Coast Guard, St. Petersburg, Florida. Silence is imposed on this frequency. Say launch mayday. Say launch mayday. Silence is imposed on this frequency. This is United States Coast Guard, St. Petersburg, Florida. Out. This is Coast Guard, St. Petersburg. I'm dropping in on bars and we'll be this is Coast Guard St. Petersburg. Roger, may I have the name of your vessel again, please, over. The Cub Dixie Project. The Cub Dixie Project. 
Taxi Progress, Coast Guard, St. Petersburg. Roger, please advise me when you're on scene and the number of people you pick up out of the water. There is a report that uh, there are people in the water. Any vessel, any vessel, any vessel. This is the Yacht Queen Bus, Whiskey Yankee Bravo, 9468 for a radio check, please. Over. All stations, this is United States Coast Guard, St. Petersburg, Florida. The vessel, some adventure, 606 foot, has hit the Skyway Bridge. Any vessels in Tampa Bay area, Skyway vicinity, proceed and assist. There are reports of people in the water. Break, this is United States Coast Guard, St. Petersburg, Florida. Out. Coast Guard, St. Petersburg, over. Vessel that hit the Skyway, the vessel Some Adventure. This is Coast Guard, St. Petersburg, Channel 16, over. Some Adventure, back. Some Adventure, Coast Guard, St. Petersburg. Roger, what is your cargo, over? The light in the This is Coast Guard, St. Petersburg. Roger, where did the people come from that are in the water, over? In the base. This is Coast Guard, St. Petersburg. Roger, request you stand by 16. Do not shift to any other frequency. Stand by. Some adventure, Coast Guard, St. Petersburg. Did either span of the Skyway go down into the water, over? Sir, the west span went down, the west span. Roger, the whole west span, over? The west span is down in the water. That was chilling. I love that shit. I love, like, 911 calls, distress calls, black box stuff. Are you literally plagiarizing me? I just said that while we were left out. No. I want the world to know that you're stealing my words. Nobody knows. Now they do. <laughs> All of our dirty laundry is coming out in this episode. No, but I do love that. It's like. I know I do too. I think, like, if I had a rake, I mean, oh, we bad. should have like, a I, I bracket feel... on that. Like, there's probably. Okay, that might be a, <laughs> that might be a little. But I would say, oh. like, 911 <laughs> calls are probably bottom. For me. Oh, oh, I thought, oh my God, Melanie, I thought you meant we should like rank individual 911 calls. Whoa, I'm not that morbid. I was like, okay, that's a, that's a little too good. Yes, problematic for sure. <laughs> no, I meant like distress calls, like that type of stuff. I feel like that's a bracket that may black, only be interesting to Black us. box. Okay, now black box, that's just the word black box, or the phrase black box. That's the top. Yeah, I think so too. It's the top for me anyway. I'll just tell you now that'll win my bracket. <sighs> Anyways, so John said, quote, the pier crumbled. It looked like a bunch of cornflakes crumbling down. Oh. Oh my God. He watched as headlights rained from the sky. One set of those belonged to Wesley McIntyre who was driving his blue Ford Courier pickup truck that morning to a job as a meat deliver- at a meat delivery business. As the Summit Venture tore through the Skyway Bridge, Wesley slammed on his brakes, but he wasn't even on the bridge when he did so. Oh my God. His truck went over, slamming into the ship's hull, and then bouncing oh off, flying God. 150 feet into the murky waters. As Wesley's truck settled on the muddy bottom, he managed to get past the twisted metal of his door frame, follow his air bubbles, and swim to the surface where he immediately barfed and then looked around for <laughs> other survivors. Well, that's smart with the air bubbles. There's no way in hell I would think Yeah, that. he said um, that he thought to himself, quote, 
I guess I'm the only fool that went in the water. <laughs> I love Wesley. Ugh. Looking up, he saw a bright yellow sedan parked at the edge of what was left of the bridge. Um, he swam to this uh, summit venture where the crew members dropped a rope ladder to him. He wrapped it around himself and they pulled him up. I'm going to send you a picture real quick and I'll post this on social media um, of Wesley's truck. Okay. It's bananas. It looks like a convertible. I just sent it to you. Oh, and that's God. Wesley holding the umbrella with the little neck brace. Isn't he adorable? How did he not get decapitated? I have no idea, but it's like he's just cheesing away. He's adorable. He's the cutest. I love Wesley. And uh, I'll, I'll definitely talk a little bit more about him later because I, I, I'm a groupie. Okay. So that yellow sedan... Um, that Wesley saw on the bridge that belonged to six-year-old Richard Hornbuckle. Richard and his three buddies were piled in his Buick Skylark on their way to a golf game that morning. And I feel like this detail really shows how unexpected the storm was because nobody is golfing yeah. in 70 mile an hour winds. No. Or at least I hope not. I don't know. I don't play golf. Uh, it's, that might happen It here. seems intense. Um, Richard said, quote, Cars and a bus went by me. I was driving very slowly with my flashers on because of the weather conditions. Then I saw the bridge was gone and immediately applied the brakes. And I skidded within <laughs> two feet of going in. And said, it was rain, cats and dogs. It was dark. The wind was blowing like a hurricane. I was doing about 25 miles an hour. The Greyhound bus passed me doing about 35. Besides Wesley, six other cars and that Greyhound bus plunged off the Skyway Bridge that morning. As other vehicles reached the crumbling edge, they stomped their brakes, slamming their cars in reverse and racing back to safety, which is a total mm -hmm. movie scene. Yes. All right. I, I need, I require this to it be a movie. It needs a movie. It's really sad that it, we'll get to it. So, recovery and victim identification was an absolute nightmare. Nobody could tell for sure how many cars went over in the first place. And there was not a passenger list for that Greyhound bus. Um, and they don't really check those things anyways when you board a bus. I don't know if they've changed anything in the last 10 years or so, but I've never been ID'd on a Greyhound bus ever. Um... The only sure thing was who was driving the bus, and that was 43-year-old Michael Curtin, who would have had his 12th anniversary as a Greyhound driver just the following month. But there was also reports of another missing bus. It was reported that a bus carrying migrant workers was missing after the bridge collapsed. Captain Marshall Gilbert, uh, Coast Guard commander, told the media that they weren't able to confirm it, I wasn't able to follow up or find any follow-up report on, like, this missing bus, which I fucking hate, especially when it's, like, full of migrant workers mm -hmm. because, I mean, we're in 2020. Bad shit's always still happening as it is. But mm -hmm. that bus did not fall over the bridge. Um, so if you've heard this story before, there was only one bus. And I okay. hope that other bus was found yeah gary kimler for the ledger said quote 
Visible just a few feet under the water's surface was an upside-down Greyhound bus, laying like a child's toy on the bottom of a bathtub. A road sign floated nearby. Drive, uh, divers were brought in, but the outlook was grim. Bob Rayola, the DOT driver. Okay, quick question before I go any further. Where are you going? I'm just, well, before I proceed with this episode. Okay. It's Department of Transportation. Every state has them. It, can you call it DOT? Or do you say DOT? I, I've heard ours, which is I-N-D-O-T, called N-DOT for sure. Yeah, I always thought it was DOT, but I didn't know if that was too adorable for the Department of Transportation. <laughs> they could be adorable. Can Melanie. I just call it DOT? I honestly don't know. I, fuck it. It's our fucking podcast. Okay. Because I, I don't want to be wrong and I don't want to ruin it. I mean, I'm already calling oh, boobies boobies, so fuck we it. We have a podcast. <laughs> we cannot be scared of being wrong. The only thing that I really hate being wrong about is pronouncing unfamiliar names because it just it feels disrespectful yeah other than that i mean listen we're doing our best yeah i i do hate that um okay well i'm calling it dot right. so bob Riola, a dot driver that day said <laughs> i like it our first intentions was get to that bus and do whatever we could to help rescue or recover as many people as properly and respectfully as we could. I love this man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he had me choking up. One article I found said that the divers found an air pocket in the bus, but that none of the passengers had made it to that part. It was clear right yeah. away that most, if not all, had died from the impact on that. Another newspaper clipping said that um, divers shadowed by sharks attracted by the scent of blood oh. called off their search for victims of the Sunshine Skyway bridge collapse late Saturday and said they tried to lift the wreckage with the salvage barges. Which, you know, just as a complete aside, do you ever wonder in a situation like this if there's anybody who kind of like wanted out of their life and sees this unfolding on the news. And I was like, now's my chance. Yeah. If they like could have plausibly been there, but weren't. Absolutely. Without a doubt. There's definitely yeah. has to be people that. Yeah. Are, I mean, I'm, I'm just pulling this out of my ass. I'm, I know nothing and have no reason to think that about this particular event but i mean it i know there's some speculation about whether that happened with one particular woman at least probably more than that but i i know of one particular woman off the top of my head where there's speculation about whether she did that after 9-11 oh really yeah it's a whole i thing. don't know if i'm familiar with that at all i'll send it to you oh yes please do i would really find that interesting Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Just when you were talking about like the kind of the difficulty of knowing who may have gone down, I was like, yeah, it. What if? What if you were just? I mean, that could be a blessing for like a an abused spouse or something who's looking for a way out. Yeah, because they don't have many. That's for fucking sure. Yeah. Um, some do, some don't. I don't want to. What's the word I'm looking for? pigeonhole thank you i don't want a pigeonhole so that's basically what they did they used salvage barges a large steam-powered crane aboard a barge was used to pull the bus from the water 
As it reached the surface, you could see the roof of the bus and it was clean shaven. Alan Young of the... That's not a phrase I wanted to hear about a bus. No, it's... I didn't know what else to call it. I. Yeah, no, it's just... Oh my God. It's... It's such an unnatural phrase for something like yeah. that. Alan Yacht of the U.S. Coast Guard said that was probably the worst part because um, as they were pulling the bus up and the cars, that's when the body started to float up. Oh, shit. Even after recovery, identifying the victims proved difficult. Some of the Tuskegee students were able to be identified because they were wearing their crimson colored school shirts. Hillsborough County Sheriff officials, uh, they released descriptions of some of the others to the public just in hopes that someone, anyone would know something, come forward, you know, um, to identify the victims. Um, it said, quote, a man about 55 years old had three tattoos on his right arm, a peace sign, two intertwined hearts, and the words, born to lose Linda. Three. Born to, born, wait, hold mm-hmm. on. Born to lose Linda? Mm-hmm. Like, like, you, you, your whole purpose was to grow up and, like, divorce Linda? There's no punctuation in any of the articles I found about this tattoo. But Damn. born to lose Linda. Shit. Okay. Uh, three of the older women had identifying jewelry. A 1976 medical class ring with the letters SEC and then DET inside. A gold ring inscribed Sanatorium Nursing Assistance dash NFLD. A men's Accutron watch inscribed to Palmer Love Marguerite. Eventually, all the victims were identified, 26 from the Greyhound bus and 9 from 6 occupied cars that went over. See, I can't get my husband any nice engraved jewelry like that because I feel like if I do, it's it's destined to end up. Yeah, we'll see. Now, being used as a body identification. Well, see, that's where I'm like, ah, let's engrave everything. Yeah, every time I look at it, that's all I would think about. Like, I feel like once I got it, that's all... That's all that kind of thing is ever used for is tragic. I only have one engraved thing on my person's. Uh, my glasses. I have Mark Safe glasses. What? My glow in the dark glasses that I ordered, uh, like way back when, when uh, Zenny released the glow in the dark glasses, like just after Halloween. Yeah. I had them engraved Mark and Mark Safe on. What else do I not know about you? I just thought it would be cool. It is cool, but how do I not know this? It's probably in the threads somewhere. I really don't think it is. I truly feel that it is not. And I, oh my God. I That's how it. much I love our podcast. I get my. Do people know that we're going to get tattoos soon? Yeah. Post pandemic, yeah. post baby. Mm-hmm. We're going to. We're getting tattoos. We're going to get some back alley tattoos. No, no, we're not going to an alley. Well, God, that's no fun. I mean, okay, you go to an alley. I'm just Melanie's getting that. <laughs> I'll go to a reputable tattoo artist. You go to a back alley. We can have people vote on which is which. Mm, you're a wimp. <laughs> All right. So, meanwhile, the media 
they tore apart pilot John Laro. Well, he and only he was quickly found guilty in the court of public opinion. He was piloting the ship. Like, somebody has to be at fault, right? I mean, no. Mm -hmm. Well. (laughs) No, not really. This is Florida. They're fucking pissed. They wanted his head on a platter. No one seemed to care that warning signs of a possible catastrophe like this happening were clearly visible for years and years and years and years prior to the Skyway collapse. Two years before the tragedy, the chief of bridge maintenance, Jack Roberts, was asked why the bridge had no strong fenders to protect it from strip uh, ships. He said, quote, how far should we go in being our brother's keeper? Should we put armor oh. plating over our houses to protect them from flying airplanes? Shouldn't the ships themselves have some sort of backup system? They go through a lot of bridges. Sir. Mm, sir. Okay. Wow. Hmm. That's, that's, that's okay. That's one of the grosser things I've heard even on this podcast. Yep. I, in terms of responsibility avoidance. Yeah. And why would anyone even question the need for stronger fenders for the Skyway Bridge? A ship crashing into the bridge seems like it should be a one-off, right? I mean, uh, I, I'm feeling like no. This was not the case with the Sunshine Skyway Bridge. Ships were crashing into that big-ass bridge over and over and over. In fact... The bridge collapse was actually the third time in four months that it was crashed into oh, by a sea vessel. Shit. Mm-hmm. No way. In February, within two weeks of each other, two different ships crashed into the southbound span of the bridge. Uh, and if you think it was just a shitty year for the Sunshine Skyway Bridge, think again. In 1970, a World War II Liberty ship, quote, broke loose and rammed into the bridge. Oh a barge God. smashed into it in 1972. Another barge crashed into it in 1973. In 1976, a shrimp boat skipper caught a serious case of disease and collided with the northbound side of the bridge, causing $100,000 worth of damage, which is just under half a million dollars in today's money. Okay, well, that's that's a lot of problems. That's, mm-hmm. that's In 1977, a commercial fishing boat also hit the bridge. And yeah, it really seems like boats crashing into the Sunshine Skyway Bridge is more consistent than a working McDonald's ice cream machine. (laughs) It's a low bar. It's a low bar. Then I okay, hold on. So how do we how do we know this isn't the case with other bridges? You don't. We don't. We don't. don't. Freaking god. Then, then, on January 28, 1980, something horrible happened three quarters of a mile from the bridge. Two ships, the SS Capricorn and the USCGC Blackthorn, crashed head-on, resulting in the death of 23 Coast Guardsmen. And I'm not going to get too in-depth with this particular tragedy because I think it potentially could be a standalone episode in the future. But it's important to mention because while there wasn't any impact with the actual bridge, this accident and the cleanup afterwards caused an array of obstacles for boats and ships traveling under the bridge. 
Nine days after the capsizing of the Blackthorn, a Greek freighter named Thessaloni hit the Skyway. Then, ten days later, after that, while passing the Blackthorn, a Liberian freighter named Jonadan crashed into the bridge. So there's clearly problems here. This is insane. It's insane. So this doesn't even, these are crashes. This doesn't this even is, account. This is like the. No. This is the bridge equivalent of Florida, man. Right? Like Florida <laughs> this bridge. Is Florida bridge. Just wait. Just wait. So, the, yeah, these are just crashes. They don't even account for the high number of near misses. Two years before the crash, the largest ship that calls regularly at Port of Tampa, named the Phosphor Conveyor, it lost power and floated aimlessly towards the bridge before the pilot was able to stop the ship from crashing into the bridge only 40 feet away. These crashes and near misses should have served as obvious warnings, but clearly it was ignored because it just kept fucking happening. Jesus Bananas, right? So the bridge itself wasn't in the best shape either. Um, the original two-lane bridge was built and then opened on September 6, 1954. Then another was built parallel to it in 1969 to make it a four-lane bridge. But immediately, cracks started appearing in the main pier support on the south side of the bridge, and the opening was delayed until 1971, only nine years before the collapse. Wow. There's cracks in a new fucking build. Yeah, that's not good. Three years after opening the southbound bridge, dot drivers found even more cracks. And just before the collapse, six years after that, dot was still investigating those cracks with outside consultants. Dot was literally gambling with people's lives. There's pretty heavy evidence out there that corners were cut during the construction of the bridge just to save some bucks. Yeah, this is this is reminding me of the roller coaster episode where they were welding the bridge as people <laughs> were riding it. In 1974, Florida Congressman Bill Young made it his personal mission to get attention on the deteriorating conditions of the Sunshine Skyway Bridge. He and two other dot divers went out for a look-see in 1974 only to confirm what he knew all along. Bill said, quote, I checked the piers on the north and south sides of the channel. I found cracks I could stick my whole arm into. The cracks ran vertically and horizontally, right at the base of the piers where they meet the sand. But it seemed no one really gave a shit. He, he said, I've been irritating these people in dot for years, trying to get them to pay attention to this pier cracking problem. I've discussed it with everyone I could get to listen to me, but I couldn't get it stirred up as an issue. There's been a lot of buck passing relative to these piers. Mm. But someone needed to be accountable for this tragedy, and people wanted to know why John Laro's license wasn't suspended pending an um, outcome of an investigation. Coast Guard Captain Marshall Gilbert said, quote, I think we'll go by the American system, innocent until proven guilty. But the state wasn't having it, and the Florida Department of Professional Regulation ordered the immediate suspension of John's license. Oh, wow. The state's emergency order said, should he continue to pilot vessels in Tampa Bay, lives and property would be unnecessarily jeopardized. Really? This is the least, really? Mm -hmm. John, this is 
we're, we're worried now, finally. Mm-hmm. John was officially guilty until proven innocent. John Laro found an ally in a young attorney named Steve Yared, who despite being told by everyone around him that he could not, would not win this case, he moved forward with it anyways. Steve said at the uh, of the trial, quote, there was not a soul on the planet who believed we could win, except maybe my mother, and I wasn't real convinced <laughs> she believed it. <laughs> yeah. Both paid heavily during it. John Laro, who didn't drink, was accused of being a drunk during the collapse. Ooh. A rumor still believed widely today. His sexuality also became a factor because of his love of Tiffany lamps and how he once danced ballet at Carnegie Hall before pursuing a career as a... Seriously. Mm-hmm. John and his family had to stay in a hotel because of the dangerous situation the public outrage posed. At one point, someone managed to call his 13-year-old son asking him what it was like to have a murderer as a father. Wow. People suck. Both John and his attorney, Steve, had their lives threatened. Even Steve, the attorney's dog, was victimized, which is absolutely fucking insane and disgusting to me. He said, quote, someone stole my Irish setter and kept her for three days. They beat her and urinated on her and then put her back on my porch. That's the kind of atmosphere it was. Oh, my God. Even the fucking dog wasn't safe. That is horrifying. People are so gross. Wow, I'm going to have to put a timestamp content warning in for that because that's horrible. Don't fuck with dogs. No. That's so sad. John Laro did have another incident to note before the collapse of the Skyway. Remember when I mentioned a couple of the crashes into the bridge prior to the summit venture? Um, yeah. The John and Dan that struggled to pass the capsized Blackthorn a couple months earlier. Oh, John was piloting that one too. Ooh. It did not look good for him. That's a bad look. Yeah. Um, and when the microburst happened over the Sunshine Skyway Bridge on May 9th, the National Weather Service had issued an alert that morning. Ooh. But. As the trial unfolded, the state's strongest evidence against John fell apart. The alert actually came out a full hour after the collapse. And the state's calculations were off um, by full two minutes and a couple thousand feet. In the end, John was exonerated by the state grand jury and by the Coast Guard investigation. Steve Yard successfully used the act of God defense and against all odds, they won the case. But like the Sunshine Skyway Bridge, John's life crumbled afterwards. The tragedy proved difficult on his marriage, and they ultimately got a divorce after 21 years. His license was reinstated, but he wouldn't hold it for very long. Shortly after being reinstated, he was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And because Mm -hmm. um, of this, he handed over his license just before Christmas in 1981. He moved to God, yeah. Woman. He moved to New York for a little while, where he became a professor at the New York State Maritime College, teaching nautical science. Um, the media continued to harass him, um, publishing unflattering quotes from a man that was clearly in the grips of a very, very dark depression. 
um, with headlines like, quote, John Laro is crippled, bitter man. He never recovered from the guilt of his part in the collapse and the people who died from it. Uh, later, he would be quoted, quoted as saying, piloting was beautiful. Piloting was wonderful. But the bridge was the antithesis of piloting. It was a screw up and it was there for all the world to see. It was the storm and the wrong decision. The radar was out. The visuals were out. I ought to have to put to, I ought to have put that ship aground. I was between the devil and the deep blue sea. That's what I have to live with now. Oh my God, that is Jesus Christ. John eventually moved back to Tampa where he enrolled at the University of South Florida, earning a master's degree in counseling. John spent the rest of his life working at the Hillsborough Crisis Center and Suicide Hotline Organization, ultimately dying from his battle with MS in 2002. God, that's sad. He did everything for like, just to get the public's like, just to kind of redeem himself. He was shopping around movie. I believe it was yeah. movie and it never got picked up. There is a documentary. That's insane. Yeah. So it gets gross again. Greyhound bus driver victim Michael Curtin also had his name dragged through the mud, which is also fucking disgusting. His uh, widow testified that he was a perfectionist when a civil liability trial argued that Michael might have been a careless driver. So, with that said, I want to tell you something Michael was actually responsible for, and spoiler alert, it was not that accident. Okay. Michael unknowingly saved the lives of two women that day who bought tickets for bus 4508 that morning. You see, Pat White and Charlene Milton were told by Michael they could shave off an hour of their journey if they simply took another bus on the inland route instead. Quote, no. if that driver hadn't hadn't been interested in saving us an hour of travel time, we wouldn't be here talking about it, said Pat. Michael's um, own family would finally, after fighting very hard, be awarded $800,000 in a wrongful death settlement themselves because, you know, he, after all, was a victim too. Yeah. The only survivor in the Sunshine Skyway Bridge, Wesley McIntyre, didn't really get a fair shake when it came to the settlements. He was eventually awarded $175,000, but after legal fees, medical expenses, and psychiatric counseling, he was only left with about $75,000. He said, sure, I'm bitter. They said, you're not hurt. If you're sitting here with a missing leg, well, then they'd say, poor guy got hurt when you're mentally hurt. People can't see that. Oh, God, that's unfortunately true. Mm -hmm. Wesley suffered from survivor's guilt, nightmares, night sweats, and irrational fears. It was so bad he never returned to work. Um, this wasn't Wesley's first brush with death either. In 1944, he was the lone survivor on attack of his landing craft during the invasion of Normandy. He, waged, Holy shit. he wagered the bridge collapse was worse on him. Oh, he he did return um, with his wife to the summit venture um, to meet the crew that cared for him while the NTSB and the Coast Guard were doing their investigations. Um, because of the majority of the crew were Chinese, they, quote, delivered a homemade cake with thanks written in both Mandarin and English. Oh, 
That's like not an 80s thing to do, and I fucking no, love it. Not at all. Oh. Wesley also appeared. This is a pop culture reference that I think you might get. Okay. I feel on the spot now. You can say no. You don't have to. Okay. Wesley also appeared on a game show called To Tell the Truth. Oh, I actually did get that one. Why, I why? knew you would. How did you know? I, because it's like just the timelines of it. And I just know your mom and like what you guys Yes, watch. that's exactly why and I And I was know. just thinking <laughs> of little Brienne watching To Tell the Truth. Yep. I'm like, finally, I can say something and she will know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, I sure do. So for anyone that doesn't know what this is, the premise is basically you have three people. They're all claiming to be the same person with the same story. And the panelists, they each ask them questions to, to help identify like who's telling the truth and who the imposters are. Pretty it's a very fun It's so much fun. Pretty much everyone thought Wesley was, like, so sus with his Skyway Bridge answers. Really? Yeah. Only two of the five guessed correctly that it was Wesley. Wow. Afterwards, the host said to Wesley, the real one, quote, I've heard that this was not your first close call. In fact, you've had several other brushes with death. And Wesley joked, yes, I've had three by ship, four truck accidents, and I fell off a roof and got hurt. And the big one was the Sunshine Skyway, which makes number nine. I'm glad I'm not a cat. <laughs> is it? Is the coolest? Oh, my God. I don't think people are supposed to get that many, though. <laughs> I found Wesley's To Tell the Truth segment on YouTube, so I'll make sure to push that on, uh, post it on social media. Oh, please It is do. so good. It's so 80s, right down to, like, one of the imposters has, like, the craziest mutton chops ever. And Kitty Carlisle's <laughs> big ass statement jewelry. I just, there's nothing that you won't fall in love with in this clip. We should do some riff on To Tell the Truth for some Patreon. Oh, let's do it. I would love that. Um, there is now a new and hopefully much more improved Sunshine Skyway Bridge, although it seems to have had its fair share of corrosion problems too. I won't get into that. Um, it was in the news this week. After. This mm-hmm. week. FDOT is currently installing a suicide prevention net. The project costs $3.4 oh, wow. million. The bridge ranks fourth as the deadliest suicide bridge in the United States. Um, the net will supplement the already installed six crisis hotline phones at the center span of the bridge, cameras, Holy and shit. pedestrian and stop vehicle detectors. Wow. It's bananas. That I knew, and I just wanted to mention it because... Um, Lara works so much with um, the crisis center. So I think it's like important to mention like. Yeah. The phones on the bridge. I think I have heard that before, but that detail is just crazy to me every time. Yeah. I just love that kind of like kind of outside the box thinking. And it's just like, here is this problem. What can we do to fix it? That is outside of the normal I was, range. I was looking at it and it looks like it has like saved some lives. Um, like people have used them, which I think is extraordinary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, demo of the old bridge commenced in the early nineties, approximately 9,000 tons of steel and eight deck trusses and four approach through trusses and towers were demolished from the old bridge. The, there's a controlled demo compilation of this video and it is so satisfying to watch. It <laughs> is like. 
I don't know. It would be like the demolition version of like a fireworks show. Oh, I didn't oh, see that. I'll post that one too. It's so good. There's one point where they're doing like um, the, the piles or, you know, that holds the bridge up, but it's in order and it looks like dominoes. It's just like boom, 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 boom. Oh, that's cool. It was really cool. Um, so yeah, I'll post that. Um, the ends of the bridge were actually saved and converted into fishing piers where they oh, wow. are currently experiencing a disaster of a different sort. Oh, God, it's bad. What is the this? South Skyway Fishing Pier has been nicknamed Pelican Death Row, where there have been reports of at least 16 scalped pelicans, most seeming to have been scalped with a precision instrument. What? Which means somebody is doing this to these birds? Like, they're not Why? dying. Like, they're scalping them, and they're birds are surviving this just flying around scalped okay i'm gonna tell myself this is part of the birds aren't real thing and maybe the battery change didn't go as planned yeah it's because i hate that i don't know i told cody that and he was like oh serial killer i mean yeah Uh, that's uh, it just that's that's just weird. It's just one more thing that Horrible, proves to me that weird. Florida's fucking weird. Stop scalping yeah. pelicans. Whoever's doing it, stop it. Shit you shouldn't have to no. say. Shit you shouldn't have to say. <laughs> to wrap it up, I want to mention that um, I did pull a lot of this information uh, for this episode for um, newspaper clippings on the skywaydisaster.com website. Uh, they have a lot of stuff on there. It's really good. There's also a documentary that I watched. You can rent and stream it. You can access that through this website. So if you want to get, you know, a little more from that, it's really good. I don't, I think it was just kind of um, like a self-produced. I actually think John's attorney, Steve, helped produce the documentary, which is, which is good. Yeah. Because it doesn't make it as blamey. I don't know. It's just... I did purchase my first disaster book, Dud. I talked to you about this. Holy fuck, it was awful. Um, It was called Bridge Down by George Mayer, and it included lines like, quote, it was her sound, the female sound she made, the sound of feminine clothes, the sound of her nylons rubbing, the sound of sensuous femininity she made when she moved. Oh. Which normally I love shit like this, but this book is so... Not for this. It's super problematic, like, checks every problematic box. It's really bad. Do not waste your money. But since I bought it used, the one good thing that came out of it was somebody had tucked a newspaper clipping from 1982 in it of the Kohlenberg Railway Bridge. It was in Dutch, and some of the horrible ghouls helped me translate it. So thank you so much for that. Shout out to you guys. They have very cool listeners. Yeah, so cool. I, and I don't know why somebody saved that newspaper clipping. I looked it up. That bridge seems to be doing okay. It doesn't seem like anything problematic. Uh, Maybe they're plotting something. Yeah, I don't know. Do we have listeners over there? We have a lot of listeners in England. Did you see that? Do you ever look at our no, locations? Oh, occasionally. Yeah, we have a ton in England. 
I saw that we have one listener in Owl Man, which I've been tossing back and forth on doing an episode about the motorcycle uh, or motorcycle, um, the racing there. I don't know anything. It's about like that. one of the deadliest um, sports bike racing. It's scary. Wow. So I don't know. But yeah. So that is the very sad story of the Sunshine Skyway Bridge. Well, I think personally that was your best episode yet. And I also, I I really do. I genuinely do. That was incredible. The storytelling was just ridiculous. And I also think it should be acknowledged that for the past 20 minutes, you've been rocking a toddler. Yeah, my baby woke up. Because people don't know that, but I find that incredibly endearing. So I think it should be known. Yeah, he's a, I'm surprised I can actually talk because when he sleeps, he likes to, um, like pull on my esophagus <laughs> it's weird i don't know i'm his squishy i guess oh so that that that's some high level podcaster mom stuff that we shouted out well he's young enough where i can still drop the bombs so if you ever hear a super edited one, it's because they know what I'm saying and they're awake. <laughs> I don't always talk about this stuff. So. You want some disaster? Yes. What do you got for me? Okay. I'm not going to headline this one by calling it stupid. Finally. Okay. Um, this time I'm going to talk about wildberry incense. What? Have I talked about no. this before? Okay. Um, so, do you have five below where you are? Yes. I've only been in it once, though. Okay. Their incense is second to none. Really? It is. Oh, my God. It, it's just good. It smells so good. It's a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say it's expensive, but it's you can get cheaper incense for sure. Um, and I always go there and I always stock up. But... When COVID was at its peak and Five Below was closed, I was jonesing real bad. <laughs> and I looked up whether I could order directly from the manufacturer. I'm like Googling Five Below Incense to find out where the hell they get it. And I found that they get it from Wildberry Incense and you actually can order it directly. You don't have to order it in like insane quantities at all. Oh, that's the best one that happens too. So they have wonderful flavors. They have one that's called Baking Brownies. Mm. And it genuinely smells like baking brownies. And they have one that's melon and it genuinely smells like honeydew. And they have Fizzy Pop, which is just a yummy, delicious, light flavor. Um, Wizard smells like wonderful men's cologne. Um, Yeah, it's just so good. The smells are so good. And I'm I'm really picky about incense. So I just ordered a bunch of incense from Wildberry Incense. I've ordered directly from them before, but I just did. um, Because now I have a new kiddo who is as incense obsessed as i am so i ordered a whole bunch for us to split and i tried a bunch of new flavors what's your go-to normally man like as as far as yeah i I tend to graduate or graduate gravitate (laughs) towards like more like masculine like earthy smells i i'm kind of a sucker for an incense that smells like something that makes that makes sense like I, I 
I get such a kick out of being like, oh my God, and it really smells like baking brownies. <laughs> I, I don't know what my deal is, but I just like anything that has a particular scent. I don't tend to like musk. I don't tend to like floral. They do have one called Fresh Rain that makes me want to fucking die. I hate it. It gives me an instant headache. It smells like old lady perfume. It's, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. But everything else that I've ever tried has been solid, incredible. Yeah, like better than solid. It's so good. The prices aren't bad. It's a little bit cheaper when you order it directly from the manufacturer. I mean, not a ton because you're not like truly buying it wholesale, but it's a little bit cheaper. But they have more flavors when you can order it from there. Because, um, you know, they only... The, the stores have a, a really good assortment, but you can get like any flavor from the website and they do have other things i think they have wax melts and stuff i've never actually ordered um because i get i get carried away with the incense and then i can't add anything right else. no i love a good incense so, yeah well run don't walk to wild berry incense <laughs> what do you have i got two tonight okay so my first one um as you guys can tell f after the past, I don't know, several episodes, I have been a total crybaby lately. So <laughs> I've been trying to find a way to um, just kind of chill out my hormones, I guess. I don't know. Like, I think it's called birth. I know, but we're not there yet. Um, no. So I had an ad pop up, an Amazon ad, and I was like, holy shit, this is it. Um so there's this game that I used to play when I was little. I'm sure everybody is very familiar with it. It's called Waterfall. Um, and it's basically... Nope. Yes, I guarantee you'll know what this nope. is. Okay. I guarantee you have to know what this is. Okay, I maybe mean, you were right about to tell the truth, so maybe... Okay, look, no. I'm going to send you a picture, and you tell me you don't know what this is. Okay. Okay, I'm sending it. You may be shocked. It's if you've never played this game, actually, I have a piece of paper behind it that it's normally clear, but you can add games to it. Did I send it to you? I did not. Okay. Technology is hard. <laughs> um, so it's called Waterfall, and you just fill it up with water. It's got little balls in it, and you push a little button, and it just pushes the little balls into little little um, cubbies. Okay. Yes, I have played See, that. told you. It's yes. like an old school, like... Road trip game, right? Like yeah. if you're going yeah. over the Skyway I'm, I'm not Bridge, that it has like a oh god, <laughs> no, you're you're gonna encounter waterfall in a different way. <laughs> uh, but it's so calming, and it came with like six little um like laminated games to where like pinball Ooh. and basketball, um space aliens, which is my favorite, um and it's just <laughs> super because it's like. Normally, I would just go on my phone and, like, mindlessly scroll. But this is nice because it's, like, I don't know. It's just so relaxing. That's that's very zen, and I'm here for it. I'm into it. So, and my second one is I Love White Chicken. All right, this is the end of the podcast. Sweet, here's our no dreams. Bye. <laughs> Hey, Horrible Ghouls. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at MarkSafePodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your buddies about us too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page, where we have shoutouts, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. 
You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.